Welcome to Infinite Profit. My name is Cody Hill, a business coach, entrepreneur, and public speaker. Every episode, we bring in actual owners and entrepreneurs to discuss their business and give specific strategies in real time to help them get more leads, more conversions, and ultimately, infinite profit. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get started. What is up, everybody? Today on Infinite Profit, I'm excited to have Ty Rickstrew. He is a founder and owner of Wild Wolf Digital Marketing. Ty brings with him many years of experience working in television and marketing. He takes large budget project marketing strategies and leverages them for small businesses to help them grow using both organic and paid marketing tactics. Ty, welcome to Infinite Profit. Thanks so much for having me. So I believe that it is impossible to get the full picture of a business without also learning about the owner's motivations, their dreams and challenges. And so we're just going to dive right on in and learn a little bit more about you. Why did you start your business? I started my business because I saw a problem that was occurring with small business owners trying to do it all. I think that's in this day and age, you know, I think you used to be able to just go open a bakery. And if you just were in a hot spot or people, you know, your friends and family knew about you, word of mouth got out and then you'd be able to survive. Now, nowadays, you know, that still, I think, stands, but the need for marketing and the need for understanding how to how to navigate this digital world at a affordable price is still very necessary. Absolutely. I love that. That's kind of the same reason I got into businesses is there's people who are really, really good at their crafts or they provide exceptional service or products, but they don't necessarily have strategies to help ensure that their doors are still open. And and so I love that your emphasis on helping small businesses be able to gain traction and compete in the digital marketing world that we live in today. I think that's awesome. So when did you start Wild Wolf Digital Marketing? Uh, so Wild Wolf Digital Marketing was started in September, technically of uh, 2022. I had a company prior to that that was called 254 Productions. When that was started in 2013, I would say professionally really rolling hard was 2016 with it. So Awesome. So what role do you play in the day-to-day? I mean, the company's brand new, so I play the role of, you know, everything. So whenever we first, like a little bit of backstory, I rebranded 254 into Wild Wolf Digital Marketing because before 254 was mainly just me going and helping small business owners on a very intimate kind of one-on-one level. And I knew that to be able to help more people, I was going to have to set up processes and have a team to be able to do that. So whenever I went, I went to a seminar in Costa Rica, changed my life. I learned so much about marketing, so much about business, and I've never invested back in myself like that. I got home from that, built my website that weekend, and then I decided that I was going to run this like an actual business and not a college startup. This is kind of how I joke about what 254 was, is basically it was like Mountain Dew and Cheetos, and now I'm trying to actually build a real business. So whenever I first got started, I started hiring people and doing things in a way that I was trying to work on the business and not in the business. And within a month, I quickly realized that wasn't going to work until we were more established with this new business model. And so I had to change some things around. And now I'm very much back in the business, which is where I realized that I really like enjoy to be. So talking to the clients, talking to my team and figuring out, you know, where our strengths are, where our weaknesses are and, you know, working it that way. Yeah, I love that. I just from the 
few times that we've been able to get together and interact, I can tell that you're passionate about your craft and you really do want to help business owners get their story out, get their marketing under control in a way to where almost you, you, I feel like carry the burden a little bit of really connecting with those businesses and wanting to portray the exact story that, that they are so passionate about when it comes to their services and their own experience. That's very cool. Where do yeah, you see that. your business in the next five years? The next five years, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, we have a little bit of a roadmap of where I'd like to be client-wise and revenue-wise and team-wise, but really my main goal in the next five years is to be helping more people, but keeping that same intimate level of service. So keeping it to where like, I know who the clients are and I know what their needs are. And I like, cause that's what I was doing before. It was just one-on-one and it was like, this is how we're going to grow your social media pages. And this is how we're also going to turn those likes into an ROI. And I've realized, you know, anyone can start a digital marketing agency. And it's kind of my biggest, I guess, whenever I get on a sales call with someone, they're like, well, what makes you different than the other 300 people I've already talked to that understand digital marketing? Because there's no certification to be a digital marketer. There's no (laughs) license to be a digital marketer. And half the time, the people that you end up talking to are someone that logged into their uncle's cousin's Facebook page to post about something one time and they say they're an expert marketer, but they don't know how to leverage that for a business and actually turn it into an ROI. And that's where I'm trying to differentiate ourselves, but also not be a template agency. So, you know, there's a roadmap and a, I guess, a business scale that is out there that is very successful, makes you a lot of money, but you barely know who your clients are and you're just taking their money and you're setting up Facebook ads and you're letting them run and your churn rate's super high. And I don't, I don't want to be that. I want to be more of a boutique agency is what I describe myself as. Meaning, you know, when you go, when you go to a town and you see all those holiday inns, you know what you're going to get and you know kind of what's there. But when you want to go to that kind of higher end hotel, that boutique hotel, you know, it's, it's designed specifically for that town. And that's what I want to be is designed specifically for each client, not just throwing something at the wall and hoping to find something that sticks. Yeah. No, I love that. That's, a, I think that's a great way to describe your, what differentiates you the, like you said, vast kind of options that are out there and varying options. And, and even like you said, sometimes the overwhelm that comes with having so many options, it's nice to have something that you're able to differentiate yourself, create a, a competitive moat, if you will, between you and, and the rest of your competitors. And so, yeah, I love that. What? What would you say are the three biggest problems that you're currently facing or three biggest challenges that you're currently facing within your business? I would kind of go back to that, keeping that same quality of service, that high level of service. Of, and the best way to describe it is like making the organic social media posts the right way, posting it the correct way, doing it how I've seen success doing it in my background, and then keeping that process you know, the same way for 10 clients, 25 clients, 50 clients, 100 clients. Because what I started to realize is as we start growing, stuff just starts, you know, slowly getting a little bit stretched thin. Things start messing up here and there. And I want to keep that high level of quality as we continue to grow. So I would say that's probably my number one problem that I've, that I've been trying to solve and keep going is making sure that we're keeping that kind of high level of service. And the second thing is, I would say just building a business in itself. You know, I would say that's an incredibly hard feat to take on. I know that's kind of a generalized topic, but I've always, 
I've always felt in myself that I, I actually enjoy change. I enjoy kind of moving fast, things changing. And if I get, if I figure something out and I stay there for too long, I want to change it up and I want to move on from it. And I, and you know, I don't like the figuring out process. And that is one of the good things about, I feel like being a small business owner is you don't really ever figure it out. So yeah, you know, you're all, everything's changing. Things are always moving. So I enjoy that aspect of it. So I would say that's probably number two. And then number three, I would say, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what my other, you know, I think number two is too generalized. So sure. That, that covers a lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's the startup, there's the establishing, there's the implementation of policies and procedures. There's, you know, pivoting based on the market or based on your clientele, the amount of leads that you have. And so I totally understand that. I similarly, I have an entrepreneurial itch and always have uh, had that in me since I was young. And so I love the thrill of the startup. I love the risk. I love the time investment. I love the opportunity to continue to learn. And so I can really, uh, what you shared there really resonates with, with my own experience and my own, I guess, just even personality and, and wiring. And so I really appreciate you sharing about your business. And not only do I believe that we can increase your profits, I'm confident that we can also address some of those issues while also ensuring that we don't just increase your bottom line, but we really help buy back your time to give you that space and to create that space within your business for you to be able to, at some point, be in a position to work on it instead of in it, right? And so prior to this interview, you submitted some ballpark financials so we'd have a starting place for this infinite challenge today. What we're going to do is we're going to look at three different strategies today. And so based on the details that you gave me, we have your current revenue in the top right-hand corner here, and then we have your current profit based off of that revenue as well. And so after each strategy, we're going to come back to the screen. We're going to discuss the impact that it has on your business and what that impact would mean. What I really emphasize in my coaching, what I really emphasize to any business owner or really any individual that I come across and I work with in my own personal life and within businesses, small incremental changes implemented and woven together and sustained in your business or in your life over time leads to exponential growth. And what I love about this software is that we're able to look at different strategies small and make small changes and work on implementing those. And when they're sustained over time, the return on that investment, the return on that work that's put in is huge. And I think a lot of the times, especially small business owners, we think, oh, hey, I need, I need to increase my leads by 500% in order for me to close on the amount of clients that I need to break even with my operating costs, right? And so then we go, okay, I'm all in on increasing my leads and I'm going to spend money to increase my leads and to try and increase my revenue. But the reality is to increase your leads by 500%, Almost every time you're increasing your marketing budget, you're using a lot more of your time trying to close those sales. And so, but if we had small incremental changes on increasing not just your leads, but improving your closing rates, addressing different packages and, you know, all, all, small changes, bite-sized changes um, that are made and sustained have, you know, exponential impact on, on businesses. So we're going to keep coming back to this as as we address each strategy. And so the first strategy that I would like to discuss with you here today is simply put, it's called trust, expertise, and education. 
trust, expertise, and education. So we understand that people want to do business with the experts, right? You even were kind of expressing that you're, you're trying to position yourself as an expert, as somebody who, who knows not just digital marketing, but would understand your business and, 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 and almost love it like the business owner does, right? Okay. So people want to do business with experts, not those who are just the same as everybody else, right? So expert positioning leads to trust. Trust leads to increased sales. And so it's so important to build trust. Here's an example, right? If I if a business coach came up to you and was like, sure, I could help you grow your business, trust me, that wouldn't quite be enough, right? You go, okay, well, I, I, I need to know what you do. I need to hear about what you offer your expertise, your skills, what softwares do you use? How long have you been doing it? Right. But if a business coach came up to you and said, Hey, I'm going to take you through a profit assessment that's going to deep dive into your business and going to ask you really intimate questions and get you to think and process in a way that you haven't processed your business before, uh, there would be a different experience with that. Right. And so there would be trust that's developed over that time. There'd be an opportunity for them to express some of their expertise and to educate in an area where they're claiming to be an expert or to have knowledge. And so it's the same within your business, right? You build trust by being the educator for your market and positioning yourself as the expert. And so I just have some general questions to, to ask you here as we get through this strategy. But would you say the market trusts you, your market that you're looking to work with trusts you? Yes. That's great. I love that. Do you have a supply of customer testimonials, success stories, or endorsements that are measurable? Do you have a system in place for soliciting and capturing testimonials or success stories on an ongoing basis? So not just ad hoc, but a system for, for capturing those? Yep. Can you tell me a little bit about that system? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the biggest things that, I mean, it's kind of a huge implementation in my business was a lot of those processes to set up from like pre-lead to post-lead and everything in between. So as far as like the systems to capture, I have a software called the DIN, which is a software that we license. But the whole idea on that is following up with clients. And it's basically, it's more of what you can't do than what you can do. But in that software, you know, you can text, email, you can host funnels, you can, and one of my favorite thing is you can set up automations. So you can set up workflows based on just about anything you can think of. Obviously, one of the big things that we use is whenever it comes to the fast five, when a Facebook lead comes in, a Google ads lead come in, we're texting and emailing them automatically with our software to immediately reach out to them because the chances of you closing a lead within the first five minutes go down dramatically if you don't get to them. So that's one thing we do. So within that, I have an entire process built out for a lot of automations. We, I'm trying to put a lot of automations into my business that don't take away a human touch, but help alleviate a lot of the work. So one of those things is Whenever I get on a sales call and I close somebody or, you know, we finally get that new client, whenever I move them over in our system to close, it actually goes ahead and starts a whole bunch of processes of setting them up in our Slack channel, making a Dropbox forum, sending them a welcome, notifying our team in other areas. And that works throughout the entire process. So as soon as we get on our creative call, we're done with our creative call, we send them emails saying, Hey, you haven't heard from us in 48 hours. Just want to let you know. And I actually have a funny email that's about the Domino's pizza tracker that I send out and it's like, you know, you just got to trust us kind of thing. Just like you trust the Domino's pizza tracker, except that's not real. Um, <laughs> if there's no way to, and so it's like, I send out these like kind of funny 
funny emails because I have a very, that's kind of my personality and I don't want to have my business be like very, you know, it's like one digital marketing is fun too. So we try to have, we try to have fun with it, but also with that. So throughout the whole process, we're following up with them on an automation standpoint. Hey, how's service been? How have things been going? And then whenever we're done working with a client or if they've worked with us for six months or more, we will automatically send them out, text an email that asks them to go review us. Okay. Well, first, what it does is it says, how is your service? And then if they reply negatively, it automatically notifies me and I reach out to them. If they reply positively, then we prompt them to send a link. And that's AI-based to go to Facebook or Google and leave us a review. And then on a case-to-case standpoint, we will do testimonials. If I think someone will be really good on camera and be able to write a testimonial for us, then I kind of do that on more of a case-to-case basis. Cool. One thing that we do is through our software, because each client gets their own profile, we're able to capture all their data of what we're doing sales-wise for them, marketing-wise, all that stuff. So we have case studies as we go. Cool. I love that. That's a great system. Um, To what extent have you positioned yourself as the expert? And so, you know, some examples to get the ball rolling is written a book, partner with respective figures, run some workshops online or offline, participate in seminars where you're presenting as as an expert in the field or... As far as any of those examples, I haven't really done it. As far as posting on social media and being portraying myself as an expert in the field is definitely what I try to focus on is making sure Mm -hmm. that I'm posting a lot and having enough case studies and enough knowledge base to be able to back up what we've done and how we can do it. Sure. So on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the best, how good of a job do you do at communicating your expertise so that your company is more highly valued by prospects? I know that's a qualitative question, but... Probably like four. Four? I think think we could do a lot better. That's That means that you're aware that there's opportunity for growth. And I like, I say this to everybody when I meet with them. and, And so every business owner, when I meet with them, hey, you have a business. You've created something, you you own something that is a value add to the marketplace that is yours. And so I just want to say that's awesome. I, I think it's there's there's a, a a certain brotherhood, if you will, between business owners that not everybody can relate to, right? So there's a certain set of challenges. There's some highs and lows that only you can experience as a business owner, as somebody who's taken that risk. And so I just want to say. Any questions that I ask and and anything we work through today, whether you feel awesome about it or you're like, man, there's room for improvement there. The whole point is is for us to be able to move forward, to celebrate what you've accomplished and and to to help facilitate the opportunity to continue to grow. And so I just want to say that. And I appreciate honesty, right? And so so you say four with some room for improvement. Plenty of room for improvement, yeah. So what impact do you think we should expect in to like from a percentage standpoint, what impact do you think we should expect if we could help take that four to a seven and then to nine and then, you know, get as close as we can to a 10? And what, what do you mean? What regards? Like a percentage impact on your revenue. I apologize. And so if, if we could from, you know, establishing your expertise and communicating in a way that that those are able to grasp onto and and run with i don't know i don't know if i have a quick answer i'd have to kind of think about it but i mean just for knowing what other businesses are doing that i work with that i mentor with 
and seeing their growth whenever they position themselves as that expert, I would say, you know, how we're trending versus where they're sitting, you know, I'd say double. Yeah. If you get that high. I agree with that. I I 100% agree with that. And I think for our purposes today, what I'd like to do is I'd like to remain more conservative just so that we're not dealing with numbers long-term that are feel blown out of the water. I want to really emphasize the impact that a small incremental changes can have. And so would you be okay with me putting like 20% increase to your revenue? Sure. And so with just one strategy of establishing, more formally establishing trust, expertise, and education through, again, I think you have a lock on so on digital marketing, right? But leveraging that to to really share and build trust in your expertise and to educate maybe in a more formal way, right? The total profit impact that you could see there is a 28% increase. And so if we take your numbers of your current revenue and the expected increase to that revenue is just under 20K and based off of the information that you gave me for your cost of goods sold and your net profit margin, that means that you can anticipate a new annual profit of 77k which is an increase of 17k 28% increase and again that's we use 20% in revenue i agree with you i think by taking that 4 to an 8 even or even 4 to a 6 you could see those kinds of impacts and so what could you know another 17k do for you and and mean for your business this next year i mean I don't really know how to answer the question, mainly because the revenue that I, the, the yearly revenue that I put on there, um, was like what I had done with 254. And then where we're at with what we're doing, we're already trending way higher than that. And so that's why whenever I said cool. double, because I actually think like from how digital marketing works, because there's such that disconnect of the experts and just the people that are just saying they're the experts. That's kind of where it's like, I don't know what, I don't know what the answer is, but I mean, in regards to, if we were able to get that increase in revenue, you know, something that, you know, I'd be able to hire more people, have have more staff. And that's kind of what yeah. I'm looking for is being able to grow and be able to start slowly chipping away. Because I've thought about, you know, doing the whole get investors and stuff. But as of right now, you know, we're just day one, just starting out, you know, getting clients, cold calling people, reaching out to other friends and family and being able to grow that way. And I think yeah. I love that grind and that grit sort of growth rather than like getting yeah. a loan or something like that. And that's kind of what I really try to focus on now. So if I'm able to get that extra 17K a year, you know, or more, I think that's where it'd be huge to be able to start just growing the company slowly, taking small little steps, you know, hiring, you know, the goal was to get to 25 clients and then hire another account manager, get to another 25, hire another account manager. Yeah. So that would help me hit that goal. No, I I love that. And and kind of what you're saying, what you're mentioning, where you're talking about reaching out to connections and relationships that you already have kind of leads right into the next strategy that I, I wanted to discuss with you today, which is referral system. So it's often possible to generate more customers for referrals than it is by any other means. It carries the least amount of risk and the highest impact on it of any marketing action. If you ask someone once, it's just a random question, but if you ask people at the same stage of the buying process every time, it becomes a system. 
And there's no reason why you should settle for just one type of referral system. You should incorporate as many systems at the same time so that you can grow your business almost on autopilot. And so um, there's tons and tons of ways that you can solicit for referrals. And you don't have to solicit in a way that sounds like you're trapping people into commitment or you're, you know, there's there's lots of MLMs out there that will remain nameless that are effective at soliciting for referrals, but don't necessarily give you the warm fuzzies when it comes to passing those referrals on. And so you can tell a prospect in your very first meeting that you'll be expecting referrals if you exceed their expectations, right? In a way that is true to type. You could ask for referrals when they first sign up as a client. You could ask for, for referrals at the moment of peak satisfaction. Maybe for you, it's when you roll out their initial campaign or when you roll out some digital assets that you've created for them and, and you capture not just the review, but you ask for, hey, maybe there's there's people who would find my services just as valuable to their business as you find it to yours. And so do you have any connections or anybody in your network who might be interested, right? And so it's very simple ways that you could systematize. I know you're all about automation already. So you can systematize and work it into what you're doing, right? You could ask for referrals on every visit. You could, yeah, solicit for them on, on your website. There's all kinds of options. So my question to you, is do you have a systematic referral process or has it been primarily organic? Yeah, we don't necessarily prime them up for saying we're going to do referrals. What we do is after one month, we send out a text saying, hey, you're one of our, you know, you're, how does it go? It's like, you know, you're an ideal client of ours. We'd love working with you. Do you have three other people that would be just like you? And that's kind of the, what we send out. We send that out after a month. And so that's okay. kind of how we do it for clients. And then we also do a uh, 10% kickback for referrals for anybody that gives us a referral. So like friends or family, anyone like that, that sends someone our way, well, if they don't want to just do it out of the kindness of their heart and love for me, then we'll give them a little kickback on whatever we close. So it's almost like an affiliate program? A little bit, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So you would say formally you have two systems. You have the text follow-up after you've worked with them for a minute, and then you have an affiliate system. I think that's great. Are they, you'd say both of those are consistently followed? I mean, the system for like the friends and family is just out there. It's not really like pushed as much, but as far as like the referrals for clients and stuff and getting the three, yeah, it's, it's on automation. So kind of just doesn't cool. thing. Yeah. So if you worked on improving your current process, what percent impact do you think you could expect on your overall sales? If you were to implement even three other ways to capture their attention. Because I think it'd be interesting to see, have a long-term case study, if you will, to evaluate the impact of a one-month text message versus having a system where you're asking for it continually, but not in a pushy or pitchy or feel like your client is outing their friends and sucking them into something that they don't want to be a part of, right? So if you're able to implement, let's even say, if you're able to, let's break it down in, in, in two questions, okay? If you're able to more effectively leverage that affiliate program, how do you think, from a percentage standpoint, how much do you think that that could in, influence your revenue? I would say just 
from a revenue standpoint, I'm not entirely sure how much it would affect. Like that's just kind of sure. I have no idea, honestly. I, I wouldn't even. Is know that something? That. So is that something you would consider leveraging more? Or I think from my from what how we've been doing it is, I think people want to take marketing advice from someone that's already been kind of in it. So I okay. I feel like we'd have better luck from our clients that we already have and our specifically the ones that we like, because I would say that like kind of all of the clients we have right now are our ideal clients. So what, what starts happening is, is whenever you start doing the affiliate program, you start having everybody reaching out to you, random people yep. that aren't your ideal clients, you know? And so that's sure. where, you know, getting the three people that are like your ideal clients is kind of the, what I, what I think would be better. So I would say like, if we went off of that, you know, maybe the same as before a 20% increase. Sure. So like a 20% increase based off of not an affiliate program, but really leveraging your current client and past clients. And so 20%, I agree with that. I think you could increase 20% just based on adding two or three touch points for that. Because I think a lot of the times what happens with reviews and referrals is this, is you ask for it, somebody's really gung-ho, maybe you have a call to action for them to... Um, respond to and they're like, I can't get to it right now because I have to move on. And then before you realize it, it's six months later. And so if you have a system that follows up monthly, whether it's a text message or when you meet, you know, on a quarterly basis, you go, I just know I'm going to talk to my clients about, you know, we'll review how the quarter's gone or we'll review how the year to date's going and Part of that in closing is going to be, hey, we're excited about our plans. Here's what we're doing moving forward. And you could use the same verbiage too, right? You're our ideal client. And, you know, we ask for how we grow our business is primarily through the networking and connections to people who could use my services and, and really leveraging that relationship. I, I think increasing those touch points increases the opportunity for referrals. And you could also pair it with your reviews too, right? So you have your review system already. So it would be kind of aligning the referrals, not necessarily at the same time, but maybe a similar cadence to what you have with that. All right, Ty. So with those two different strategies that we've looked at so far, trust, expertise, and education, as well as implementing a referral system that's maybe more robust than what you're currently using and leveraging your your clientele. We see an expected increase in revenue of 38K, which has a total profit impact, again, with the numbers that you provided based off of your prior company, right? There's a 34K increased to your profit. And so that's a 57% increase just with small changes implemented in the systems that you already have, but really optimizing that referral system and really optimizing, building your trust, sharing your expertise and establishing your knowledge. And so I have one more strategy that I'd like to look at with you here today. And that strategy is alliances and joint ventures. And so a business can form alliances or joint ventures with a number of different entities besides other non-competing businesses. Customers, vendors, and sales professionals can be harnessed in order to make your business more money in a shorter time frame. You can play off these assets, the expended energy, the time, and the goodwill of another business in a manner that benefits you both. 
Examples would be a wedding planner who has established joint ventures with a photographer, a florist, a reception hall, and a videographer, right? When you walk into Walmart or when you used to walk into Walmart and they had, you know, McDonald's or a subway there, maybe the better joint venture would be what everybody recognizes from today, which is Target and Starbucks, right? You guarantee you I'm going to hit Target and then I'm going to grab whatever drink I want at Starbucks so that I can enjoy my time there, right? And so on average, companies that focus on creating joint ventures will see a 25% of their revenue coming from their partners. And so it's not just an increase to their workload, but there's additional revenue coming from those actual alliances and joint ventures. Um, and a lot of the times it is up to 25%. So how many alliances or joint ventures do you currently have with other businesses or services? They probably zero that are in that are actually working right now. Zero actually work like that. And what what I mean, products like, are actually working in like regards to like not in the process of being built out, just like sure in, implementing right now. Right. I, so you are. This is something you're you're considering and and chewing on as a business owner. And is that what you're saying? I mean, if it's just one of those things, it's like. Kind of like what everyone says with a lot of stuff is like, oh, that's something I needed to do. To do. You know, sure. I wouldn't say yeah. I'm necessarily even putting a lot of headspace towards how to get new opportunities, but. Sure. Great. And that's why we're here is, is to address that and then discuss implementing and, and what, what does it look like to tactically do that, strategically position yourself to do that. So what products or services do people normally buy before, during, and after they do business with you? I guess digital marketing services. So, I mean, our our bread and butter is like Facebook ads, content creation, posting of the social media content, and then access to our software. That's kind of our number one sold package. Sure. So there's, would, would there be room for somebody who needs a website built, not necessarily in your business, but is that something that you have an alliance or a joint venture with somebody who, you know, if you as a business who can say, hey, I got a guy, right? And on top of that, the guy that you have is a, a connection that's going to give you a kickback too. And so you have this shared connection, right? You have this shared, I can get you somebody who's trustworthy, an expert in their field and knowledgeable. So then it also validates your trust, expertise, and knowledge and that you're connected to trustworthy, knowledgeable people who are experts in their field we build websites you too. oh great you Find build websites it's in-house right but there's other services well maybe not maybe you offer all-inclusive but to start thinking through what are some joint ventures or alliances that you could leverage well, one of the, right so i guess kind of what one of the things that we would call it is our partnerships so one thing that we kind of do that we try to focus on kind of like that but like all of our clients are like a, a slew of different stuff. So like we have a roofing mm -hmm. company, we have a window company, we have real estate agents. So real estate agents are always needing a roofing or a window company. So if I know that they have that need, I, I, I connect people. So I make sure that I'm sure. being a connector in that regards, which I would say, I don't know if that really helps our business other than just like helping. It's like clients that are already our clients, we're just helping connect them. So I guess it's yeah. kind of a version of that, but not necessarily like the full on like, Hey, you send people my way. I send people your way. Right. 
Yeah, there's not a monetization of that, right? But there is a a network development. So there's definitely value add in that. If you could form an alliance with one or more businesses that provide the products or services before, during, or after, or complementary is is how I, I word it. What impact would their referrals have on your sales and revenue, right? So maybe another way to position this is you work a lot with businesses, right? And so what are are there services that businesses use that maybe aren't digital marketing that you could help add value and also there's a potential for monetization on your part? We won't spend the time discussing implementation here just for the sake of time. But I think when you start thinking that way as a business owner, you begin to realize the amount of leverage and the connections that you have that could create almost like a passive income for your business, right? And so if you could form one or more, how much do you think that could impact your revenue? I don't know. I feel like it's always so hard to say, like, how much this could impact your revenue, you know? Yeah. So it's like, who really knows? You know, some <laughs> stuff might might work, other other things might, but you know, mm-hmm. I would say just for you know, I'd say we could probably keep it the same, twenty percent. Cool. You know, I'm gonna do ten just for the sake of keeping it conservative. I agree with you. I think twenty percent is child's play, really, when it comes to really digging into and thinking through what kind of relationships and yeah. Well, I think I also think my business is just a little bit different than some other businesses. Like the products we sell are a higher ticket item. So if we get one client, it could be a 50% increase in our revenue. Sure. You know what I mean? It's right. You know, not for, on a, I guess not on a yearly basis, but you know, and that's kind of how I look at stuff as well. It's like, so whenever I'm saying like double, it's like, because I, you know, we have, you know, if we get five more clients, you know. Right. It's a significant impact on your bottom line. I, I totally get it. And this exercise is maybe more for just showing the overall impact that it could have. And so yeah, then if absolutely. we if you do experience doubling as a result of one of these strategies, and then you could potentially triple as a result of three of these strategies, right? And so all while scaling and maintaining a framework that allows you to scale without pulling all your hair out. In my instance, it's all gone. So do you think it'd be possible to add one joint venture partner per month to enhance your lead generation? I'm not doing any right now, so I don't know. None currently. I'd say maybe one quarterly. Quarterly? It's probably doable. And I think even with what you're expressing, right, when you ask for referrals or reviews, you're you're addressing, hey, you're an ideal client. And so I think even thinking through lead generation and thinking through alliances and joint ventures, it would be important for your style of business, if you will, or your your brand of business to ensure that those joint ventures and those alliances are really aligned with what would give you your ideal client too, right? So just as being just as careful as you were with discussing the referral system and, and what was it, the affiliate program, if you will, I think that's your, how conservative you were with one, a quarter, I, I think in, increases the quality of the joint venture that you could gather. And so I'm going to put 10% for this. Cause if you had four alliances or joint ventures that you added each year that were high quality and created leads for you that were your ideal clients, I think easily 10%, if not 
like you mentioned, one client can significantly change all of that. We made some pretty significant breakthroughs, I think, just in these three strategies as we began to chop it up and, and talk some. We have taken your expected increase in revenue to what your current profit is just by discussing through these three different strategies. And so your total profit impact is just under 55K, which is a 91% increase, again, to these numbers that you provided. So what would that amount of money mean for your business? I mean, I'd say that kind of changed the game. It add a lot more to growth. And I think we grow a lot faster. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. Which strategy were you most surprised by or got you thinking a little bit more? I think dialing in the referral and then obviously putting any sort of brain matter and effort towards the affiliate program or I'm sorry, the alliance program would be yeah. huge. Yeah. I think those are really powerful strategies that don't, again, don't require a lot of time, right? I, You could probably implement the referral, soliciting for referrals. You could probably do that this weekend, especially with what you described as far as your system that you have for already having automations built into it. And so, Ty, I want to thank you so much for joining me today and opening your business up to myself, as well as the viewers and listeners out there. I hope that the breakthroughs we discovered were beneficial to you. And I'm certain once they're implemented, we'll have an infinite impact on your profits. And to everybody watching or listening, please make sure to like and subscribe. You'll not want to miss our next episode where we will help another business find strategies guaranteed to infinitely increase their bottom line. Until then, this is Cody Hill and to your success.